Hello everyone and welcome to the 162nd episode of the Poorly Planned Podcast. My name is Benedict, you may know me better as BHL Hudson. Here we talk about movies, TV shows, a bunch of nonsense. With me as always is my friend, co-host, and Frisbee National Heading Boy, Frederick. Tis I. Ah, and, and Good to be back. In, in contention for player of the... the... Country? Century? Uh, <laughs> Millennia? <laughs> yeah, just had a little, little weekend of frisbee, and for the first time in 10 years, mm. the team did qualify for nationals. <sighs> you didn't tell me it was the first time in 10 years. Yeah, first got... time in 10 years. I mean, did you did you point out that clearly they had been missing a secret ingredient for 10 years, that being... I, I did say you been missing uh, the... The poorly planned ginger spice. And mm. then I was banned from the event. Right. <laughs> and then you were immediately moved into last place in the National League. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, we meme the sport as mm. it deserves. But at the same time, there's, there's something about it that just is so good. So we went and played 11, no, 10 games this weekend um, across two days. And we bloody won. Or didn't we didn't win the whole thing, but we we, we won enough to qualify. Qualified. It's bloody, bloody euphoric. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, on this pod, we we bust each other's chops, as they say. Yeah. And we we like to we like to meme around. I hear the stories. I see how much work you put into it, and how much you you enjoy it. And I, I just just buddy buddy, great to see the work you know paying off and getting getting rewarded. So congratulations. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, I had a a less successful weekend. I mean, I didn't do as much. Uh, <laughs> I I want a, a Razzie. <laughs> I actually, you know what? One day I hope we win a Razzie in some way. We make just like a shitty movie or something. That'd be it. Would it would be, be quite that actually be pretty good? But um, I did did watch UFC 281 with uh, with some friends. Yeah. Stayed up all night. First time I've done that since I believe I was with you, and we watched UFC 259 Ooh. back in. <laughs> and stay up all night is an ex- is a. It's putting it kindly because we did just wake up, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fell asleep, woke up, <laughs> to be fair, asleep, wake up. This time I stayed up completely and I was totally fine. It was it was great. Um, <laughs> it's something about your company that makes me drowsy <laughs> inside. <laughs> but it was a uh, it was a wonderful time. It was an amazing card, uh, and it was kind of funny because I was watching with people. Some of them kind of knew UFC. Some of them clearly did not know it at all because the first fight ended in a brutal first round knockout, and one mm. of the people was like, "Wait a minute, you can? Did he just?" You can knock someone out in this sport, and I was like, "Yeah." And she was uh. like, "I thought I thought you like you pin them, and then they count to three, and then and then that's it." And I was like, "No, that's I think you're thinking of professional I think you're thinking wrestling." Of WWE. Yeah, <laughs> this is kind of different. And she was just in absolute shock. But to be fair, to the credit of the UFC's amazing value, by the end of the night, she was like, "You know what? That was that was pretty exciting. That was pretty entertaining." I was like, "Let's, Ooh, let's go." Nice. I also think they all. <laughs> I can't imagine. I can imagine it's a bit of shock walking in, expecting like Rey Mysterio to do the six one nine and then pin someone, to just seeing a guy getting his eyes rolled into the back of his chest. To see a two hundred and five pound man just like face first down on the canvas, um, but it was great. And I do think they think I'm slightly psychotic now because when Dustin Poirier was fighting, my favorite fighter and one of one of my one of my idols, I have to say, I was erect. <laughs> No, I'm quite the opposite. I was, I was so flaccid. No, <laughs> I've never been more flaccid. No, uh, I was just, I was like so, because you know we were all talking and drinking, and having fun, and then during that fight, <laughs> I was just 
dead silent looking at the TV. And then whenever anything happened, I would just scream. I was like, oh! And when he when he knocked Michael Chandler down, I was like, I was going crazy. And yeah, I mean, it was great. It was, it was really fun. <laughs> none, just, of the, none of the friends made it out alive. <laughs> I just got up, flipped tables. Um, I was wearing my Dustin Poirier shirt. I did bring with me my Dustin Poirier hot sauce. Um, so, you know, it was, God, it was a good God. time. It was a, it was one a of the saddest things I've ever heard. <laughs> it was great. I was watching the Dustin Poirier fight and I was rooting for him in my own way with my <laughs> Dustin Poirier hot sauce. <laughs> and you know what? Joke's on you. It worked as a good luck charm because he won. So is it actually good? That sauce? Uh, yeah. I mean, I had a bit. It was... <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just, I'm not, this. I, <laughs> It does have his name on it. It says Louisiana style on it, which I love. Oh my god, that was actually a very embarrassing moment where one of their roommates walked in, who was also a big UFC fan. So we were just like chopping up. We were like, oh yeah, like I think this person's gonna win or whatever. And then uh, he was like, yeah, I think Michael Chandler's gonna win. And I was like, oh, you're you're rooting against Dustin? Like, how dare you? I love Dustin. He was like, oh, you're from Louisiana? I was like, no, no, I'm just no. I just have his shirt and his and his hot sauce because I because I like him. I'm not actually from. From his, from his no, I, I have no, no, I have no actual affiliation connection. with him at all. Um, except for that time he liked my except- Instagram photo when I was dressed up as him. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. Jay, the weirdest, weirdest <laughs> things happening. Yeah, so I'm watching... Yeah, you just, let's just break it down. You're watching a man who yep. you dressed up as for Halloween. Yep. Who liked your photo. Mm. Rooting with a bunch of, I want to say female friends. <laughs> with you glued to the screen. Dead silent. Shh. His shirt on you, and in your right hand, clutching it tightly till your knuckles turn white. The Louisiana hot sauce. I was not clutching the hot sauce, all right? I had the hot sauce. Sounds like you were, you're, like a biblical item. You're just saying (laughs) But anyway, anyway, UFC 281, it was a great time. Um, Well, well. Well, besides the, yeah. Israel. The main event was kind of, it's kind of sad. Yeah, by the way, there are time codes down below if you want to skip around too, but... Yeah, Israel Adesanya <sighs> did get TKO'd in the like last two minutes of a fight he was winning. Bit of a Kamaru yeah. Leon sitch. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy, especially given like the history going in that this guy had knocked him out five years ago in a different sport. And now, I mean, the memes were pretty funny on Twitter where it's like, Alex Bahia is the biggest, like the world's biggest hater. He just follows him from sport to sport, like ruining his life. <laughs> like there was one that was like when Israel Adesanya decides to take up golf and they just photoshopped Alex Pereira onto a golfer's body. <laughs> There's some some good memes, but yeah, pretty uh, pretty sad good. for. But he took it really well. Sad. To I've, I, he did some interviews I mean, afterwards, and he's just he, he handles it like a like a champion, you know. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't see or read any of the captions or the videos, but like, I just saw him dressed in a massive like fur coat. Okay, yeah, that I was not a fan of. He looked like like a like, Grinch character or something. It's yeah, like, I was like, what, what is, what's happening here? <laughs> like, that's too much fur. I think I, I'll put a picture of it up. That's a, his head looked like it was peeking out of like a bear's body. I wasn't. Yeah, it's, it was like he just got swallowed by a lion, but then became the lion. It was <laughs> yeah, very strange. If we're honest, that was the biggest L Israel took on that night. Um. <laughs> Israel could have been knocked out 10 times and it still wouldn't be <laughs> yeah. as bad as his weird lion shirt <laughs> um, but yeah good good stuff overall very entertaining card um, mm. and do you think there's going to be a rematch between the, the main events yeah definitely yeah they'll probably they're talking about doing UFC Africa at some point which would be very cool to have Israel headlining in Nigeria in a rematch for his big you know big, big failure that would be very cool that would be very badass 
Um, but yeah, should we should we jump into? So today we're gonna be doing a bit of a mini reviews news topic episode. We uh, I only have one mini review. Um, then we have a little bit of ah, barely have any news. A little bit of news, and then we have I feel like the last little bit of the pod. Do a little topic talking about Black Panther Wakanda Forever, latest Marvel film Ooh, just got released. Okay, I see you've okay. seen it as well. Thank God. I was very worried that this week would be <laughs> a dead topic. <laughs> but uh, No, no. I, I have I saw it on the premiere, actually. Same. It was actually yeah, we will talk about it, but I think it's been a really long time since I saw like a Marvel movie with a like a really like boisterous crowd. You know what I mean? Mm. But we'll 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 get to it. <laughs> Boisterous was a bit of an old man word to use there. Sorry. <laughs> some some happy were chappers we were in the, in the <laughs> Some theater. shenanigans were going on. Um, <laughs> but anyway, time codes down below. Also, if you enjoy the pod, don't forget to subscribe and hit the like button. We're also on Apple Podcasts Ooh. and iTunes where you can leave a nice review. It helps the pod. Leave a five-star rating. Tell your friends about the pod. It all helps us grow and, and become bigger and better oh. men. Mm, I love becoming bigger and better. I love being... So every subscriber we get is another muscle fiber that is added to my Dustin Poirier-esque <laughs> physique. 6,000 people unsubscribed. <laughs> I wither like the mom from Tangled. <laughs> <laughs> Wakes up, POV, you are dust. <laughs> anyway, um, mini review. The only mini review I have this week is I did finally see The Banshees of Inishirin, which... Uh, the Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, uh, Martin McDonough directed film. Big fan of Martin McDonough. He made um, In Bruges, which we talked about in the pod, mm-hmm. which I loved. Three Billboards, um, which is also very good, and and some other things. And I was very excited for this one. Um, and it was it was very good. It's basically Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are on this little Irish island in the 1920s, and they just sort of like shoot the shit all day and just talk about whatever. And then Brendan Gleeson just decides he wants more from life and he doesn't like Colin Farrell anymore. And then it's just kind of a sad story. Like, it's like, it's a, he's, as we learned in my film class, Martin McDonough is famous for the tragic comedy. Great contraction. Classic McDonough moment. (laughs) Where it's, you know, like a really depressing (laughs) film, but there's a lot of like dark humor, like dark kind of jokes thrown in there. And this was the same, except it was... Like, In Bruges is, like, a dark comedy, but it's, I'd say it's more funny than sad. This one's definitely more okay. sad than funny. Like, it definitely has some, like, laugh-out-loud mm. moments, and The Feral puts in a great performance, and, I don't know, it's just, yeah, it's very, it's, it's very enjoyable, but, God, it's a depressing movie. It has, like, wow. kind of the same. That's so sad. Yeah. It looked, it, I thought it was going to be more lighthearted. No, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a... I saw a review that said it's a feel bad movie and that's a pretty good way of describing it. Like, I don't know. It's not like, Mm. it's not like Manchester by the sea. Um, like it has more, you know, levity to it than that, but it is, especially by the end of it, you're just like, ah, that was kind of, like, it's really, I don't know. It's a, it's a really well done film. It's very poignant and like it sticks with you and I I think it's very good and I'd recommend it, but yeah, Mm. bit of a, bit of a sad watch. I don't know. Yeah. Bit of a sad time. Although there is, there is great dynamics with Colin Farrell and his donkey, which he loves. I think you would you would enjoy that. Um, I think I think of course Colin Farrell loves a donkey. You would you would you would really enjoy the the Farrell moments in this. But a uh, bit of a sad one, yeah. All right, gotcha, gotcha. Well, speaking of sad, good and enjoyable, but also sad. I did finish my rewatch of The Office this mm. week. 
Yes. With uh, with my girlfriend who who hadn't seen the last few seasons, and we were watching it through, and there was a lot of crying towards the end of it. I won't lie. I won't say who, me or her, who did it, or both, but mm. crying was happening. And <laughs> but it's just, tears were in my beard. You can decide. Where, yeah, those, you, where you, those came from. Yeah, who, know, who knows? Like, tears were in my eyes. I'm not saying they were mine. <laughs> she um, cried directly into my face. It was, it was, it was, I, I looked at her and she just, they just shot out horizontally. <laughs> just, um, no, but, like, I honestly forgot. Like, I remember the Michael leaving bit was really sad and, like, some of that. But I totally forgot how emotional the last few episodes are. Like, when Dwight and Angela get together and the whole wedding and everything. And, like, the Guten Prank number three and... Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, just so wholesome, but, like, also, it's, like, you know, bittersweet because you're like, oh, it's, it's ending. No. I actually have I've been thinking about making a video about this topic specifically of why sitcoms have such, you can get such a connection to them and why they have such emotional endings. Because whenever, like, yeah, a sitcom ends, I think it's something to do with you go on this, when you laugh with someone, it makes it more emotionally impactful when, like... Mm. more serious moments happen, I guess. And <clears throat> I also think because you get attached to sitcom characters and they feel like, you know, friends in a way, it reminds you of... Like, I remember when we left the school that we attended together on, like, the last the last day, like, the graduation. It was an amazing yeah. day. But I, I remember it felt like... Yeah, it had it a like, similar uh, vibe to that, that finale where it's mm-hmm. like, you, you're saying goodbye to your friends and you're having an amazing time and like it's all but like it's it's ending it's bittersweet in like a beautiful way yeah. and I think I think it it carries that sort of similar similar energy which is why it's so mm. emotional at the end yeah and I especially like I I'd say I still definitely love New Girl as a show more mm. than The Office but I think the ending of The Office does hit harder than yes than than New Girls because they really put emphasis on the fact of like I mean I. It's, I found it a bit weird in the beginning how they, like, really embrace the fact that they're, like, now talking to the camera crew and stuff like that. But at the same time, it does kind of bring the whole thing together. Like, oh, nine years of our life, you gave us that, you know? Like, and it kind of, like, shows uh, videos of, like, previous seasons and of Michael and all that stuff. I'm like, it just, it's such a, like, beautiful little culmination of the of the series. I'm like, yeah, oh, I loved it, but it also made me sad. Yeah, it is. It's a yeah, it's a perfect ending, I think. I also, by the way, just on the office, I'm rewatching it as well, and I watched the the Booze Cruise episode yesterday, and it did make oh, yeah. me unintentionally laugh. And I've I've never really gotten this, but it was just such a weird moment. Where I remember when Jim and Pam they go outside because like everyone's partying too much, and Pam's like, ah, you know, I don't really get Roy sometimes, and <laughs> Jim just does the most like serial killer stare. He just goes like, yeah. And then he just turns and just stares at her like open mouth, and she just looks at him, and he just kind of keeps looking at her like. <laughs> and then she just dips. I don't know. Like there are a lot of beautiful and very like human Jim and Pam moments where it's like ah oh, the kind of awkwardness mm. of like when you have a crush on someone, or whatever. But that moment, I feel like really didn't. It's just Jim. It's kind of just like, oh. <laughs> he was just like really living. Jim's that like, moment. oh my god, she doesn't get him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah, no, The Office is a. Uh, is a, is a great time. Do you have any else, or we can do some quick newsums? I don't think I do. All I right. Think, I think we just hit the newsums. The newsums. Well, there's a couple a couple of things. I think we'll start off with quite a sad newsum, and we don't mm. usually cover like celebrity deaths on the on the pod because it is like the pod is such a jokey, like you know, not taken mm-hmm. seriously thing that like I don't want to disrespect 
people by covering it in that way. And also, if you cover one and then don't cover others, like it's kind of like you know, it's kind of weird. It's like you're who, who choosing you, who, who to like, like honor. Um, but I think we should mention because we talked a lot about the Justice League animated show. Um, mm, yes, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and not only that, but uh, Batman the animated series, a ton of other Batman media. I think the Arkham video games as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he was just just a fantastic voice actor. He was sort of that iconic voice of Batman for a lot of, like, of our generation, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. that's still my favorite version of the character is the one in, in Justice League. In Justice League, yeah, same. Yeah, and he, and he also just, um, you know, when someone passes away, a lot of these stories come to light of, like, all these nice things they did. And he just seemed like a really cool guy. There was a funny story about him. Uh, after 9-11 was helping in like a food bank and he did like the Batman voice and they all like freaked out and it was I don't know just he seemed like a he seemed like <laughs> a cool guy yeah so yeah. rest in peace Kevin Conroy <clears throat> um yeah just sad times but great voice actor mm. and guy agreed agreed um did you see the trailer for John Wick chapter 4 I did indeed Oof. um I'm on my trailer game yeah let's go <laughs> fucking once um, <laughs> did you enjoy no winning. <laughs> uh, John Wick I believe correct me if I'm wrong at the end there is he doing a Deadpool in X-Men Origins Wolverine where he's deflecting bullets with a samurai sword was I, that what was going on there because they were like shooting at each other and like blocking with the sword see I think he might have been doing that which yeah. hypothetically yeah. is the dumbest thing on earth but for some reason it <laughs> Kind some of reason. works. Kind of fucking works in this one. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they have to keep like, upping the levels, I guess. Yeah, but they also need to make sure that they don't make like, it a cartoon. Know, become become Kung Fu Panda all of a sudden. <laughs> <and> just, <laughs> yeah. John Wick shoots a dumpling out of someone's mouth. I don't know. That would actually be pretty cool. Imagine he oh, shot someone so dope through Let's a do dumpling. That. Let's make it happen. <laughs> John Wick Chapter 5. The Dumplin' Man. <laughs> just the Dumplin'? <laughs> it's a very so ominous, ominous title. <laughs> you have the no Dumplin. idea what'll happen going in. Um, no trailers released. <laughs> the poster is just a black screen. It makes all of the money. To be fair, I would watch the fuck out of a movie like that where they just like don't put any marketing. It's just like you just gotta you just gotta go see what it is. You just gotta go see it. The dumpling. I would <laughs> honestly <laughs> like. What is he gonna do with it? Is he gonna kill someone with it? He's gonna he's gonna be killed by it. It's He's going to sit on it? <laughs> what if that was the whole movie? John Wick just sits on a dumpling? You're like, damn, I really paid 20 bucks to go see this. Um, <laughs> totally worth it. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I mean, it looks... I don't have a lot to say besides that. It looks like... The, it looks like a John Wick movie, really. I mean, it has... Yeah, it look, I mean, it looks... It looks, it looks good. It looks... It has some... I like the, like shooting on the horseback kind of thing that that feels like a little bit of a original thing like the john Wick movies have kind of sometimes taken mixed like the modern assassin world with like the suit and tie and the guns and all that with a more like traditional mm-hmm. older fashion type of world with this yeah. like society thing which at points i think gets too bogged down in all this like the high table whatever but sometimes i think it can lead to cool stuff like shooting on horseback and, and such things um <laughs> the coolest thing i've ever seen John Wick shooting on horseback. <laughs> there is also, of course, they have to get John Wick doing the, like, uh, I'm gonna need a gun. 
See, at this point, it just he just genuinely seems like a bit of a simpleton whenever he does it. <laughs> does it yeah. I saw it, I was like, ah, it hit it hit hard the first like two movies. And yeah, they're kind of done. Why is it his catchphrase? I'm, I'm going to need a, a gun, Winston. He's like, ha, 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 you silly goose. Like, yeah, no, it's, like, it's, it's also like, duh. Like, he all, like what do like, you think? Obviously, you need a what gun. What if he leaves John? without it? He'd be like, John, just gets you... shot and kills. <laughs> or killed, like, just on horseback without a gun. Just fucking. <laughs> Where's the cool factor <laughs> in that? Nowhere, I say. No, like, so like, I mean, it might work better in the movie, but in this trailer, it did, to me at least, come across as very, just kind of clunky. Yeah. I think, I think. And those are like. It looks like he's <clears throat> genuinely, like, he's not a bad, like, I don't think he's a great actor, but I also don't think he's a bad actor, Keanu Reeves, but in this one, he really comes across as maybe the worst actor of all time. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think it's because we... I'm gonna need a gun. <laughs> because we we know Keanu Reeves, and he's, like, a beloved icon, you sort of, you know, you've gotten used to it, and you accept it, and whatever. But yeah, if you showed this to someone who you doesn't know who Keanu Reeves it. is, they'd be like, why? This guy's awful like he's so wooden but i guess it's his his style i don't know um yeah. but i remember i kind of was like that when i first started watching. so what kind of approach do you take to acting um the wooden kind of bad approach <laughs> I, I i don't do it very well i think um, <laughs> they're like brilliant now can you say well, i'm gonna need shadow. a gun um, i'm gonna need a uh gun you pissed john yeah 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 it sort of plays a little bit like a john wick you know greatest hits like you the movies might get a little repetitive, like you have Winston being like, the high table is whatever, and then you have Lawrence Fishburne being like, there's a gun, and then you have this like, guy at the desk being like, I'm, I'm still, are you staying with us one more night, Mr. Wick, or whatever? You know, it's, I don't know. Well, but surely, like, I think Winston's gonna die. He fucking bet. Didn't he fall off a building? No, that was John last time. <laughs> he, no, he got, he got <laughs> shot, didn't he? Winston, Winston falls down like six stories, just stands Splats. up. Splats? Um, but no, yeah. so Winston Winston betrayed John. Yeah, no, that's what I was. Th- I replaced Winston with John. That's my bad. Um, It'd be so funny if John just turns around and shoots Winston <laughs> off the building. <laughs> no context, just sick of his bullshit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, trailer didn't blow me away. It looks like a John Wick movie. You know, what can you what can yeah. you ask for? Yeah. Um, I think we can skip these last three pieces of news because they're not really anything. We can just get to them last time next time. Uh, get excited for us to we'll talk just, about. We'll just talk about them last episode. <laughs> we'll talk about the Snoop Dogg movie uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> but should we dive into our topic of the day? Ooh, uh, I think we should. The latest Marvel film, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, from Ryan Coogler, I believe. Uh, I saw it on opening night, as you did, I think. And mm-hmm. wait, just- what? What time did you see it? Uh, 7.45, maybe? Ah, uh, uh, never mind. 9.20 guy over here. Uh, well, I got it earlier than you. I could have spoiled it for you. Also, should we should we go <laughs> spoilers from the jump? Just so we can kind of talk more I think we should go freely? spoilers from the beginning. Yeah. All right, let's, let's do freely. spoilers. But um, on the cinema experience, like I was saying earlier, it's been a really long time, I realized, since I was in, like, a packed cinema of, like, enthusiastic people. Because I think mm. the last time... Like, I remember I saw No Way Home, and, you know, people clapped, but it was in Denmark, where it was very, it's a little Ah. bit more reserved, and just in general, it wasn't even, like, the marvelness of, like, cheering and clapping, whatever, but just, like, an audience, like, laughing really hard at the jokes, 
I hadn't yeah. experienced that because the movie kind of, it doesn't have a joke really for the first like 20, 30 minutes or so. It's quite like somber and serious. And then when M'Baku comes on and he, you know, does this little thing, the audience <laughs> just like... M'Baku <laughs> creates uproarious <laughs> applause. <laughs> he did like the whole audience just, and it was this energy that I haven't felt in a while, just like everyone laughing and having a good time. And it was just, it was really nice. Sometimes I have to say I would take the more reserved crowd because sometimes people were just, you know talking yeah. and like in the middle of it i'm like god you can't can't have this Gosh, conversation like, baku's on yeah <laughs> yes, come on like but um and there were some people behind us who i think were really fucked up which like never is great but um mm. i don't know i guess do your thing i suppose but <laughs> go off queens i guess <laughs> but um yeah it was just a really like good cinema experience i guess um mm-hmm. yeah and i no i mean i'll say i think because I got a later one, so there's like different, uh, like different seats cost different amounts. We wanted to get the cheapest seats because we are uh, cheap, cheap peeps, as they say. But so mm. like the, there wasn't there wasn't that many people in the later showing that I went to. But even still, there's maybe like half the cinema was full, and goddamn, still the atmosphere was just great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they they know how to how to watch a movie around these these parts of the world, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So overall. I really liked it a lot. Um, yeah, me too. I honestly liked it more than the first one. Yeah, probably. I think the first one does maybe individual things better, but I think it mm. kind of falls apart towards the end. Like the big climax is sort of a little bit like, meh, you know. But this one, I think yeah, yeah. overall it felt, I think it also maybe felt a bit like a breath of fresh air because a lot of the Marvel things lately, even the good ones like No Way Home and Doctor Strange, have felt a bit like more like spectacle over movie first. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And especially yeah. with Thor Love and Thunder, which felt kind of like an SNL skit over a movie. They like Honestly, it was It's been it was more a mess. like Yeah, you're kinda of like you're going to like the circus or like a, a big show <laughs> instead of like <laughs> like a movie, you know? And this I feel yeah. like felt more like a proper like a story, a film, with of course lots of spectacle, which we can get to. But I don't know, it had a more complete film feeling to it, I guess. It did, yeah. And and what do you think of, of the villain? Because I really liked Namor. I thought he was one of the best villains yet. Yeah, I thought he he had... I thought he had a charisma to him that I liked. Mm-hmm. I thought he was kind of like a bit of a... I don't know if suave is the right word, but a bit of a... <laughs> he was very debonair in his little <laughs> uh, tidy whities <laughs> A little bit of like a... I don't know, like, a, I, none of the words coming to my mind work because I was going to say swashbuckling, but somewhere on the scale of suave and <laughs> swashbuckling. A bit of a, a, a rapscallion. <laughs> you remind me of a man who, who hunts for, for booty. <laughs> like, you can imagine him, like, sauntering into a dining hall, but also, like, sneaking away with, with multiple women, Jack Sparrow style. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Weirdly accurate way of describing it. <laughs> right? that kind of like energy to him it was a good performance and yeah i think they put more effort into him as a villain than they have some other villains where he actually you know has a perspective that you can appreciate there is a little bit of like the they've done this cliche they've done this with aquaman a lot of times where it's like the sea people are mad that like humans are interfering with their environment and they kind of which is a little bit of a weird message to make like the environment people the villains but it's, it's a little bit of like a cliche sort of thing but they yeah. added a little bit extra. I liked his, the city and how they develop his like his world and his backstory and 
how mm-hmm. there are you know very obvious parallels between that and uh, Shuri and like the loss she's experienced in her world with Wakanda and everything. Um, I thought they had really solid chemistry. Him and him and Shuri. Yeah, I agree. Um, and yeah, towards the end, I feel like he does maybe go a little bit crazy villain. He does go like because. I think he is quite uh, an agreeable man, like and like maybe you, maybe he sure doesn't agree with whatever like his thing is, but you can at least understand it from his point of view. Mm. But then towards the end, he does go a little bit just like, you either like, you either ally with us or I'm gonna kill your entire race. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like it's, yeah, it's sort of like he seems quite reasonable. And he's like, here, I give you some food and like a tour of the city, and like we are not so different. And then he's also like, now burn the world with me or I will kill you. <laughs> it's like okay. yeah. Okay. There's a little bit of like a, a step to the side there, but like at the yeah, same but time, generally still he's just a cool guy. Still worked. Yeah, I I can see I can could get excited for a future project that has him involved. Like they might do mm-hmm. like a Disney Plus. I like his his winged feet. I was not a fan of that. I'll be honest. That looked goofy as hell. What? In my Why opinion. not? I don't know. I don't know if there's a way to make it not goofy as hell. But it was just like. <laughs> It was also because they took it so seriously, because I think I'm just used to in Marvel movies when something's kind of goofy, they're like, oh, check out this this thing. But they were so like, they call him the winged feather serpent, and then he just floats up there, like, dancing around with his winged <laughs> feet. I, I don't think there's any way to make it look not weird, but I don't know. I guess, fair, fair enough, I go off king. Go off king, I guess. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I think, should we also talk about how they handled Chadwick Boseman and the whole T'Challa mm, yes. part of the film? Yeah. I thought it was really well done, and about as well as, as you could do it. And I think... Yeah, I can't, I can't see how they could have done it more tastefully than what they did. No, because, yeah. Because, like, they incorporated it into the story, but also pay good tribute. Yeah. Um, without making it a Ghostbusters situation, you know. Mm. Which would have been unfortunate. Because, yeah, never, again, I wouldn't put it past that. people to, to do something like that. But I'm happy they didn't. <laughs> also, I put out a video about uh, like bringing back old characters or whatever, uh, and how it's like a not a great thing. And uh, the first thing I say is like, "Yeah, Ghostbusters really like shit the bed on this one." And I guarantee you, all the comments are gonna be like, "Ghostbusters did it fucking great." I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I knew putting that first thing in the video was gonna <laughs> piss people off, but I was like, well, "You know." What? But I love the controversy. <laughs> <laughs> but I t- I drink your tears. I don't know. But um, <laughs> I just love you. <laughs> But I drink your tears. (laughs) Again, like, I genuinely just... Just, that's how I feel. But anyway, um, you know, I think... I was thinking they might... Maybe... I thought at the end, they would do, like, not a CGI recreation, but they might do, like, she goes to the the spirit realm or whatever, and you kind of, like, see the back of his head or something, and she's Uh like, oh my god, like... And then it, like, cuts to black. You know what I mean? But... Yeah. I think the way they did it... Yeah. Was really, really good um but like when she when she drank the or ate the flower or whatever like the heart flower or whatever it's called and she went to the realm i was like oh please don't have have both cgi was, yeah yeah cgi Bozeman. because like again i think that would have worked in the story but at the same time i don't think it should have been done but then no she's a sneaky killmonger is there yeah well yeah we can definitely get to to killmonger um just on the the bozeman side i think the overall tone of the movie, I think, was really, uh, like, really well done. Because it is, like, you know, a fun superhero movie, but it does have mm-hmm. more so than pretty much any other MCU movie. This sort of, like, melancholic undertone, like, from the way it yeah. starts. And, you know, the opening credits were very uh, sweet with, you know, they put Chadwick Boseman in the mm-hmm. in the Marvel logo. And, yeah, I just think 
they incorporated it into a story in a, yeah, like you said, in the most tasteful way you could. Um, and yeah, I think it was, and it added like, yeah, they didn't like try to brush past it. It added to their arcs. It added to like, it tied into yeah. Namor's story and how she relates to him. And yeah, I think it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was very well done. Um, do you want to talk about Killmonger's uh, little, little cameo? Little cameo? Okay. Yes, let's do it. I mean, as I said, I honestly, I think he's one of my favorite villains as well in the MCU, Killmonger. Um, so I was, I was happy to see him return. And like, also, I was very much proven to be a fool because some people, like one of my friends who I walked in to see the movie with, he was like, oh yeah, I heard uh, Killmonger might make a return here. I was like, you idiot, he died, he's dead. I was like, I, I ridiculed Did you even him. watch the then, other like, movie? Fucking Did you, fucking even, loser. Did you even see what happened to him? Like, what the hell? He's like, no, he, no he, he might come back. I was like, no, you fool. And then he comes on, and I look to my left, and he's just sitting there with the slyest, smuggest grin I've ever seen on a man. It's like, okay, fine, you win this one. But no, I mean, I quite liked it. Um, his, yeah. his little return. I, I had was, a, uh, yeah. a similar thing, kind of, where I just felt very validated, because... I saw it with someone who, uh, yeah, not a huge, like, MCU fan. I was trying to explain the first movie, and I was like, oh, by the way, Michael B. Jordan was in it, so if he just, like, randomly shows up, you know, that, that that's why. And then when he did it, I was like, oh, God, I'm such a fucking guru. Uh- <laughs> God, I know I know this industry. <laughs> God, I'm going to make it big someday. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. It was, it was cool to see him again. And it played into Shuri's whole, like, whole arc and, mm-hmm. and some such. Um, I did think extremely like mind-blowingly pointless appearance of the freeman um could yeah, have what cut was the freeman all of that out of the movie 100 percent like find genuinely the most useless freeman i've ever seen <laughs> he did he did i mean like i know he played a part in the story but you could very easily have rewritten that to literally anything else. like he just like closed tiny plot holes to like have i think it's just to have that woman uh julia louis dreyfus who i still hate not the actress the, the character i know she's supposed to be annoying but i hate how she, she's supposed to be like she's she's more annoying yeah. than she's supposed to be <laughs> she is so but like Again, I've not watched the like a few of the Marvel shows now and stuff like that. Wasn't she like a big old like scheming villain and stuff like that? Well, she's kind of. It's been implied she's like an, anno- she's, an annoying governmental. Yeah, she keeps figure. popping up and she's like, you know, I'm doing like a team or like a secret bad thing, and I don't know. They keep. I, I feel like they're kind of forcing it a little bit. Like you know, sometimes they do this with Marvel, where it's like, oh my god, it's like Thanos. He keeps popping up here and there. It's really cool. And this one just feels like they're trying to like jam and be like, look, she's gonna be important in the thunderbolts movie and i'm like i don't i'm not here for it i don't but care we saw freeman running yeah like yeah it felt so it just... yeah so not needing to be there i actually really liked um who was it dominique thorne as riri williams i thought she was actually like a fun addition to the movie i thought it, it could <sighs> yeah. be a bit of like a they introduced sort of like a young character to like relate to the kids and to make like a tiktok reference and there was definitely sometimes where it's like say a one-liner, you know, generally, uh, I don't know, I thought she was actually quite fun, and I would actually, when they announced, like, the Ironheart show that they're making, I was sort of like, eh, like, I, I, why would I have an investment? I don't oh, know she, is she gonna character. star her, her own show? Yeah, they, I mean, they are giving, every, fucking Freeman will probably have a show by the end of this whole thing. <laughs> just Freeman walking around doing bureaucratic, busy work. <laughs> just Freeman doing his gardening chores? <laughs> Actually, I'd watch the fuck out of that. That'd be way better. Honestly, than that sounds really good. That sounds like some like Bob Ross kind of painting thing. <laughs> yeah, hey, and we just come up with something 
fucking brilliant. Martin Freeman doing like a Bob Ross type show. Maybe like a Mr. Rogers type of vibe. <gasps> Martin Freeman. So this is how you're going to pluck the carrot. <laughs> I liked her a lot. I thought she was very likable. Not sure where she got the repulsor technology. I guess she just invented it. They kind of like she just has her own yeah, Iron Man. I thing. mean, the whole I I honestly I liked her. She was she was fine, but I think her whole like they put way too much emphasis on her like the fact that she built that one machine. It's like mm. so like uh, clearly there's like I don't know. Like, so I didn't really get... So did she make that exact machine, or was that machine made off something she did? I think she made that exact machine. But I also... Mm. You know, I thought that was a little silly also. Like, Namor's like, and I will kill the scientist who made it. And it's like, clearly you can see, like, she's a high school student who, like... You know, you'd probably go more after the government and the CIA, and you wouldn't have to, like, fixate on her specifically. But I don't know. I feel like people are overreact. I mean, of course, it's like... Marvel fans sometimes do, but like, there's I've seen some memes that are like when you see Riri Williams in the Iron Man suit and it's like Harry Potter screaming, "How dare you stand where he stood!" And I'm like, "All right, get over yourselves a little I'm bit." I'm mad, I'm But I don't know. I do think a problem with the film in relation to that is towards the final climax, which I thought was better and more interesting than the one in the first one, because there was more kind of mm. dynamics involved in like underwater and all this cool shit going on. I do think they had too many elements in it. Like too many people got a new suit. Like Riri Williams has her Iron Man suit and then, you know, she has her new Black Panther suit and then the Dora Milaje get their new suits that can also fly. And there were kind of like too many yeah. elements going on. I was like, you could kind of tone it down a little bit, but um, I did think the underwater stuff all like looked very good and was, it did look like added cool. cool. I mean, I, some some of this, in my, I don't know. I wasn't completely taken by some of the CGI of the like whales and stuff. I was like, that looks a little silly. Mm. Fair enough. I didn't I didn't really notice, but um, I think <laughs> you could you could show me a drawing of a whale, and I think that'd be a picture. So. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd scream. So, I think actually, I also kind of wish they leaned more into the first scene where Namor's people take over that boat. It had this like horror vibe to it, where like they yeah. ominously whatever like they're singing or whatever like hypnotizes people to jump off and they like are climbing up the sides and all this shit and like i feel like if they they'd lent more into that later that could have made that climax also more interesting but i thought that was a very mm-hmm. cool introduction like his his music was was great i don't know i, th- I thought yeah like yeah everything everything was yeah about the opening was actually quite scary and they do use like the <clears throat> siren voices to hypnotize like they don't really touch on that a lot more afterwards like couldn't no, they just i thought that would play a little that's more. the case that that is always happens where <laughs> they show a really cool power in the beginning yeah. of something and they just never use it again yeah Even though it could like solve most of the fights or conflicts like within an in, like in an instant yeah if you just get them yeah to <laughs> jump in the water you'd be my advice to you get them <laughs> if you just get them namor you know um <laughs> no yeah no very true i think Yeah, you're right. It kind of just does happen all the time. But to its credit, with that opening scene and a lot of the sort of setups, it did have, like I was saying earlier, more of a unique feel to it than some of these superhero movies have lately, where it feels like Mm. instead of kind of like you almost have blocks on a timeline, you just like fill in like things for your movie. They actually tried to do creative stuff for for, uh, different parts of it, which I I appreciated. Um, 
I have a couple of noteworthy, uh, memeable things here. Just, just things well, that's... that caught me off guard. Okay, well, you, you go and then oh, well, I guess uh, no. Well, uh, yeah, we'll talk about Mbaku. Don't worry, we'll get to Mbaku. Okay, okay. Um, I was thinking, first of all, actually not even memeable, but just the soundtrack was great, and I just I just enjoyed that there was a Stormzy song on there that just caught me a little bit off guard. But I was like, uh huh, very nice. I like Stormzy. And then <laughs> something that really caught me off guard because I knew it, like I'd I'd read the headline a few months ago, but I totally forgot about it. And when he showed up in the movie, it threw me off so fucking much, and I just started laughing. And the whole cinema was silence. And I clearly, clearly, no one else got it. But <laughs> fucking in the background, and he has like one line, and he kind of shows up throughout. Fucking Kamaru Usman. Former UFC welterweight champion. I did not even clock that. Is in this movie. He's the one (laughs) when M'Baku first shows up and some random guy says something to him and M'Baku's like, shut up, whatever. That's him. That's Kamaru Usman. That's the former UFC welterweight champion. I was just, it's just so (laughs) random. Like, it's like the Francis Ngannou moment in Fast and Furious Mm. 9 where I'm like, what are you (laughs) doing? What are you doing here? Threw me off so much. Oh my god. It was so funny. Is Usman in the final fights and stuff like that with I think so. He's definitely at the very end when they do like the final ceremony or whatever. Um, But yeah, it just, it's also funny that like clearly they filmed this, you know, a year ago when he was like number one pound for pound best champion, whatever. And then a couple months ago, he got Whenever you see him, you just see him get knocked out. (laughs) They also, he was at the UFC at the weekend and they like panned from him and then Leon was sitting like somewhere else and they panned (laughs) him and it was just, felt as disrespectful, but, um, but yeah. My boy got violated? (laughs) Actually, yeah, he was at the UFC with Lupita Nyong'o and um, someone else from this movie as like in promotion of it. Um, Uh, Martin Freeman. (laughs) Yeah, they just, they throw Martin Freeman in there and star of Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Here's Martin Freeman. Crowd and here's, the, here's the man who made this movie a cultural <laughs> sensation. Martin Freeman. <laughs> and here's the focal point of the cultural <laughs> impact that Black Panther had. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. No, I, by the way, I did say... I did want to say... And I'm not just salty that I got my prediction wrong that she would be the new Black Panther... But I feel like Lupita Nyong'o is just underused in this movie because she's so charismatic and like so good. She's so good. Like I feel like she should have way more of a role in in this universe. She's just delicated to kind of like side character, and then in the final battle, she gets yeah. like yeah, like nothing to do really. And I get it makes more mm-hmm. sense for. I'm not saying she should be the new Black Panther. Like in the actual film, it made a lot of sense for Shuri to take on the role. I just wish she had more. I think to do. I think she should have been the new Black Panther. You know. I mean. I, could, I think it would be better. Dang, hot take. I mean, I think you could have written a way for it to be great. I think the way that the film set it up, I think it worked yeah, for Shuri to do fair. it. Yeah, but, but like I think walking it, like, into from it, the beginning, like, yeah. Shuri shouldn't be this. What did you think of Shuri overall? I I liked her, honestly. I thought it was a really good performance. I liked the development throughout. Um, I like how, like, the whole of her, like, just being like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to I'm gonna murder this bastard. Like, yeah. I, I kind of like that whole kind of, like, badass no nonsense approach obviously it was not going to happen like she's not going to murder namor in cold blood but at the same time i was like okay go off queen <laughs> um i also i like the whole kind of scientist stuff where she's like trying to make the heart plants and stuff like that with the help of the american student I, yeah. li- I liked it i liked it um as a black panther i thought she was kind of not very impactful but mm. i guess it's hard to I live know. up to the T'Challa, to the Bozeman. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like, she's like, she's not obviously not a fighter to begin with. So just the fact that she was given this, and again, it works for the story. But I was like, okay, I mean, yeah, but but also give it to Lupita. But also, please, Lupita would be better for it. <laughs> but also, give Martin Freeman the heart shooter. <laughs> Imagine that was the twist. I would love it if there was a scene where they were like all stood around, and like, we need someone to take it, and it pans in on Shuri, yeah, and then pans to <laughs> Martin Freeman. The next scene, you see the Black Panther, and you're like, oh my god, is it, is it Lupita? Is it Shuri? And just, the mask comes off, and it's Martin Freeman. Crowd goes bananas. <laughs> it's like an Crowd endgame style reaction. <laughs> Um, Charlie Cox-esque moment <laughs> Everyone's quiet in sheer awe I can't believe That son of a bitch really did it Yeah, I, I thought she was She was very good And yeah, I think as like the Black Panther I think it's maybe like a role she can grow into more But yeah, yeah there might have been a little bit of like a A missing like impact from this But I thought she was pretty good in the role I did think also By, by the way, just on the Bozeman thing again I did think, yeah, it did a good job of like honoring him in that way and also the movie like i'm not saying this is a criticism but it did have sort of a feeling of like he was missing you know what i mean like there was like a melancholy mm-hmm. i think that was intentional there was like a melancholic like because sometimes i did catch myself thinking like oh it would be great if then like if he was or thinking like what would this movie have looked like if he didn't pass away and like what story would they yeah. have gone with like would he have been in this role that sure he's in right now with namor and all that and i don't know i think yeah i think that was intentional but there was definitely that like yeah feeling of him uh, missing hanging yeah, being, in like being a gone. respectful way but um should we talk about to close it out here mbaku we should uh, before we do that quickly sure. i also didn't like that Shuri just literally got fully impaled probably through her spine and then just walked it off Anyways. yeah that was a bit of a didn't hit any vital organs type of moment yeah it's like <laughs> you missed every vital organ <laughs> um mbaku. mbaku can i just say i've never seen a man make so many stupid and nonsensical decisions in such a short amount of time. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? What are you, what are you referring when, to? When he, like, so when Namor and the water people invade. Oh, yeah. What's, what's M'Baku's first instant to do? Obviously jump directly into the water and nearly drown himself. And then haul his ass back on a boat and nearly make that boat sink. Poor fisherman, I say. Jay sat there and, like, I just looked so puzzled when he did that. He was like... Ah, he's jumped into the water. I was like, what are you going to do in there, Mbaku? They could all literally swim and breathe underwater. <laughs> That's like, I didn't even think of that. But that is that is a good point. Yeah, you wouldn't really dive into their like exact territory that they want you to be yeah. in. Just to haul yourself back out onto a boat and regret everything you did. While <laughs> making get, zero impact. <laughs> then get punched in the chest really, really hard. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, yeah, no, I thought, yeah, he was... You know, his usual kind of funny self, he had some, the bald-headed mm-hmm. demon line did get a get a big laugh. <laughs> yeah, that did, that did get me as well. And I think he took on a little bit of a older brother kind of role in, like, when he was talking mm-hmm. to Shuri at the funeral and that kind of thing, which I liked. Was kind of confused by the ending. I didn't really get what was going on. So she decided, was it supposed to be a joke that she didn't show up to the final ceremony? Because she, like, in the first movie, she was like, ah, oh, this, is, this is stupid. And he was like, a child who scoffs at tradition. Remember that part? I do remember that. Part, so, what, but, like, why did she not uh, show up? Was that supposed to be funny, or was it what was the? I don't think it was supposed to be funny. I mean, Mbaku didn't seem to like it, um, and therefore I don't. Yeah, like well, it. yeah, he was like, "I'm here to challenge for the thing." Like, what was? I was kind of confused by that. Maybe I'm just dumb. I, don't, I didn't really get what was happening. 
And, right. then, and then it cut to a free yeah, so escape. He, so, so he cha- he challenged at the end there, right? Yeah, so that's why I thought it was supposed to be funny. Is like, is he like he's like you know a friend of hers, and he still likes her, but like he also like still has that like pride in him that he wants to challenge for the throne after all that. Com- complete one eighty turn. Mbaku is actually a villain. <laughs> Total disrespect. <laughs> he spits on the mother's grave at the funeral. <laughs> really bad moment in the cinema. Someone did hysterically start laughing when the woman when the mom was just lying face down. <laughs> Yeah, there were a couple moments of like, to be fair, to the audience's credit, whenever it was like a Chadwick Boseman type of moment, everyone was silent and like respectful. Mm-hmm. But there were a couple of moments where like, like during the mom's funeral, someone was laughing in the background. And I was like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> what are we Unfortunate. Yeah, but. Um, um, no, I mean, I, I like M'Baku in general. He's nutty, but he was just, yeah, like he was, <laughs> he was more nutty in this one than he was in the first one, wasn't he? Yeah, because he was a little bit more of a villain in the first one. But. Overall, I'm going to say I really enjoyed it. I also, we didn't really touch on the action, but there were some really great action scenes. I think the one on the bridge was the best when um, Okoye fights off the Mm -hmm. That one was very good. Um, She was also good as well. There were a lot of characters in this. I think there might have been too many characters, though, because I completely forgot Okoye was in this until just now. (laughs) But, um, But overall, I really liked it. I thought it was a well toned, like a as respectful as you could do this kind of thing. And on top of that, it had more it felt and i hate to say this because it sounds mean to the other people like i'm sure the other films have had a lot of effort put into them but it felt like it had more effort than some recent marvel projects at Definitely. the very least it had more like story and more purpose than kind of just mm-hmm. being spectacle and i, I think, really enjoyed it yeah not yeah like i think that is also just like and as it should be like a result of bozeman's passing of like they really wanted to make this a like, you know, like a special and good movie. Because, like, it yeah. would be slightly unfortunate if, like, this movie that's supposed to pay, pay tribute to him is just genuine dog crap, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it kind of, like, that definitely, like, <clears throat> added to the effort put into the movie. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think it was a, it was a fitting tribute in, in pretty much every sense. And I think it was probably my favorite. Like, I like No Way Home a lot, obviously. Um, but in terms of just, like, a movie overall that you can enjoy without sort of like, yeah, knowledge of previous films and all that kind of stuff. I think it's probably the best one since Shang-Chi, maybe? Um, yeah. And yeah, I will say it was a little bit long in parts. Yes, like it, it was. Felt, it felt long. Yeah. But. but yeah, and to its credit, the person I saw it with who's not a Marvel fan actually really enjoyed it, which I think says, ah, says a lot. There we but, go. Um, but yeah, out of 10, off the top of my head, probably like a like an 8 point... Uh, 8.6? 8.7? Ooh, somewhere around there. I'll, gi- I'll give it an 8 point... What do you say? 8.7? Yeah, something like that. I'll give it an 8.8, just to show that just I appreciate s- it more than you. Damn. Well, it but also in the, no, in, the, in the 8 kind of region. Yeah. Um, well, now it's time for... <gasps> the Tomkin News! So we have a development, a sequel almost, to the Tom Cruise last week, where, if you recall, Tom Cruise Ooh. became friends with the Queen shortly before her passing. According to Geo.tv, Tom Cruise could be given, quote-unquote, role at King Charles <laughs> III's coronation. Um, so I'm going to assume he's going to is... be the one to place the crown on his <laughs> old head. He's going to play the, the king. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to become... 
the new king of England, I think is what they're trying to say. I think Charles III <laughs> I think I like it. hand it over to the Cruz dynasty. Um, no, yeah, so he'll probably be there in some, like, you know, like he was at the Jubilee, some kind of, like, presenter role, or, I don't know, maybe he'll, like, mm-hmm. stand, I don't know what the fuck you do at a coronation. Who cares? It's all, yeah, kind of dumb and yeah. pointless and not great, but um, Cruz, you know, doing a thing. That's what the Tom Cruise is all about. Thing. Classic, classic cruise moment. Doing things. <laughs> um, now for the announcements and such, we're gonna look at some comments real quick. But a bing, but a boom, uh, from the last episode, which was bit of a uh, bit of a. I don't want to say it wasn't a stinker, but it was one of our more <laughs> ridiculous ones in a while. It's been a while since we did just uh-huh. like an unhinged one. Um, so let's see some comments here. Al Feld says, can you please do a Benefit watch of Spectre, the first Woody's ever? Yeah, we could. Ooh, sure. We could do I don't it. think it would be a very good Benefit watch because the movie is kind of mid. There's not a lot to for see. For the memories. Yeah, could be could be one. Josie says, I couldn't give up, get up from the ground this entire episode. I was laughing so hard. Truly my favorite episode so far. Also, I'd love to see Alexa with a recast where if it is Brian Cranston, he goes from Eisenberg to Heisenberg. Fucking God, brilliant. That's so clever. That's really good. Um, and glad you enjoyed. Yeah, you know, I feel like we we stray back and forth from the slightly professional to the completely ridiculous. I feel like sometimes we just have to have mm. an episode where we do a bit of, of shithousery, as go, they say. We let, let the dogs out, as they say. <laughs> uh, ZJ13Goat says, great way to start my weekend. Also just got out of Black Panther Wakanda forever, and it was very good. I agree, and thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anson says, let's go. Freddy's watching Spy X Family. Hope you enjoy the rest. It's easily my favorite show currently airing. It fills me with so much unbridled joy. Spy Family, what a delight. So I thought you'd enjoy that because you were very high on very the, delightful. the wholesome kind of fun of Spy Family. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Jesus. And Anson also says, it's weird because even though this episode did feel <laughs> kind of lame in some ways, as you, got, as you consistently pointed out, I was still laughing basically the whole time, so task failed successfully. <laughs> that's a good way of looking at it, yeah. Well, I would that's, say... That's what we like to hear. Yeah. Th- th- thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you for saying we're, we're lame, but, but it works. <laughs> Glad you enjoyed. Uh, D- Daniel says, another truly great and ridiculously enjoyable episode. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Daniel. Um, thank you, Daniel. He says, PS Pod idea... Where you do a movie fights ask thing, a movie fights ask thing where you have movie ask questions to answer, and one of you will pick a different answer, and you have to fight it out to see who wins that round. Another PS, my day is going well. Okay, glad to hear Daniel's day is going well. And that, I think he's referring to, there used to be a show on Screen Junkies called Movie Fights, where they'd like, do like, what's the best 80s movie, and you each pick one, mm. and then you like debate it out. I think we could... We could do that. I, the I only problem is we'd need like a, a, shout, you know. a moderator to declare like the winner. But we also we have some I, friends. I'll, I'll be the moderator. Okay, well that that also yeah. That's all. Uh, hmm. That's how it works here. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but no, that's actually a really good idea. I'll put that in the in the idea box. Um, Jaden says here are some good ones that I thought of. Some crossovers of Marvel and DC. Um, okay. Walton Goggins Ant Man character and BVS Lex Luthor. I would. That would be a great matchup, actually. That would be awesome. Shazam and Spider Man. I can see that. That would, that would be delightful. Uh-huh. Uh, Daredevil and Batman. Pretty good. Yeah. Honestly, I like Affleck, Batman, and Happy Hogan. Always <laughs> love to see some Happy Hogan love in the comments. Um, and lastly, the annoying <laughs> Black Adam kid versus Thanos. <laughs> Uh, and Josie responds. See, that's that's what I can definitely get behind. <laughs> Josie says Thanos would snap himself away if he went against that kid. Not even Thanos can stand. 
<laughs> so I feel like you've stirred on too much Thanos hate. I've clearly, <laughs> I've clearly, uh, I've started a movement, it seems, yeah, and I like this movement. I do not. And Cal W says, I ran into Tom Cruise a few days ago. He was standing in the meat aisle of a local Piggly Wiggly. I thought it was weird that his mouth was foaming, but I ran over and talked to him. Hey, I love Top Gun Maverick, I said to him. Tom turned his head at me. He asked if I watched the Poorly Planned podcast. I was surprised that he would know who you guys were, but I said yes. Tom's pupils dilated, and he started barking at me. He then chased me out of the grocery store. I ran out of Piggly Wiggly terrified. I just thought you guys should know. Um, so... So... That's, um... That's, How that's, was that not the Tom the Tom news? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear you had such a very real um, incident. Um, <laughs> I also I feel like they've been occurring more more frequently these days. <laughs> I also like the idea of Tom Cruise going to a piggly wiggly, which I've never heard. And of. just and just foaming at the mouth, <laughs> looking in the meat aisle. God, piggly wiggly, that is a place. Okay, cool. Um, well, yeah, no, thank you for that. Uh, that tail i guess we'll keep our our eyes out for for cruise i actually i'm so curious if i like i really hope this is an area where i meet tom cruise someday and i can just like get a picture with him and just like look into and his eyes fully ridicule him later on <laughs> just just because what if what if at that point what if we get big enough that he knows you know what i mean what if that happened what if we ran into him be... and he knew and he just like he just took us to town for it not in like a not, not, not like a sexual way, like in like a. Like and he just <laughs> got naked for us. Anyway, Josie responds to the story saying, "You went running. You went from running into Tom Cruise to running away from Tom Cruise. Very true. Very poignant. Very astute. Makes you think. Um, but, That's one for the thinking man. <laughs> but yeah, no. Do we get Pericles on this one? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, for legal reasons that didn't happen, but also I guess we technically can't say that. It, I mean, we don't know for a fact. So. I mean, maybe it really did happen, and it'd be illegal for us to say that it didn't happen. <laughs> That's a good point. So we're just going to leave it ambiguous. Um, who knows if Tom Cruise does shop at Piggly Wiggly. Anyway, that was the pod for this week, unless you have any announcements and such, but I think we're, I think we're good. I don't think the fan page is posted anything. There, was a, you know, there are story posts, of course, so follow the fan pages. And if you enjoyed this episode, drop a like on the YouTube, subscribe, hit the bell button, leave a comment down below what you thought of the episode, what you thought of Black Panther Wakanda forever. Let's get a little convo going. Um, we're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If that tickles your fancy more, you can leave a five-star rating there and a nice review. It helps bump us up. It helps us reach more people. Um, you should also tell people in your life about the pod. Recommend it. You know, Maybe they'd like it. Yeah. Maybe they'll hate it, give, but give them a wreck. But they'll, they'll listen forever. Um, <laughs> you can find me on YouTube, BHL Hudson, Instagram, Twitter, BHL underscore Hudson, uh, TikTok, BHL Hudson, Letterboxd, Real BHL Hudson. You can email the pod at bhlhudsonvids at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at FTK underscore Dalt Sniper. You can find me on Instagram at Fidalgar. You can find me on Letterboxd at FTK underscore Thwilms. And you can find me on YouTube at FTK Space Gaming. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time. <gasps> Baku jumps at water.